We're back live uh, from Narrative Live on Narrative Live uh, because it's Friday night cocktail hour with, with LB drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm drinking. I've got chocolate. I am drinking. So that was a good show. Interesting stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, where do where do you where do you want to start? Are you, I don't know. Where do you want to start? I want to start with hearing a lot of Eric Slots because we yeah. had that audio problem and we lost him. So um, I don't know why there's a lot of sirens outside my window. That never happens. So something's going on. Sorry about that, guys. Um, they heard you were drinking. Oh, there's fires. Oh. I think there's fires. I think we have. I'm not where the fires are supposed to be. So hopefully there's not a fire I have to run from. Oh, that I don't know hope about. Not. Hope not. Yeah. Okay. Eric, so what? where did we lose you? Where did you lose Audio me? Wise. Well, in the Audio 90s, wise. I started playing guitar, and then I toured as a musician, and, you know, my life has been misspent. Uh, you know, bar halls in Nova Scotia, translation. I keep, I'm, I've, I've said too much. Um, no bar halls in you know, Nova Scotia. No one ever hears what goes on in those places. They're, they're secret, secret societies. Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, I'd just like to say uh, again that um, – that there was a toasters for arms deal as part of Iran Contra so. for all uh, for all the punks in Brooklyn that made fun of me like something I said about Russia just existing and doing Russia things like intelligence um, that would that's better comedy than anybody did making satire of stuff I would write and that's real and so that just tickles me that there was a, a fucking toasters for arms deal going to the Saudis it's like you know it's a fever dream I've, I've chugged all the NyQuil and I you know during a cold you know real heavy flu I was like no seriously it'd be toasters no but there between that, that, that and cabbages and it's going to be an interesting Saturday night and the cabbages. waiting to happen well, the cabbages are code for uh, Uzis or, yeah. or missile launchers <laughs> or what was that the missile launchers <laughs> Just, That's you know, funny. just oh, armed for the Sandinista. It's just oh, the just arms. Okay, well, so rocket, you know, shoulder-powered rocket-propelled grenades. Right. and It's why okay. the mainstream press won't Tunisia. Lettuce in Tunisia. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. <laughs> Tunisian lettuce for the ref Nicaraguan refugees in Costa Rica. Yeah. I love that the pilot was like, uh-huh, let's open that up. Let's right? see what this looks um, like. Let's, let's do that because you want to – you know, everybody wants to always hit at the CIA. Um, and sure, there's plenty in American intelligence history to sort of bash um, and be suspicious over. But, you know, <laughs> these and these were former Air America pilots. These are oh. former Amer Air America pilots that then were the pilots for this airline um, helping us do our, our intelligence operations that we needed to do. But, you know, but then you've got, you know, these fucketeers trying to sneak cabbage launchers on their on their plane even for their planes it's like that's all not, about cabbage that's launchers. what are we, we doing why are we doing all this crap why are we running around uh, the world handing like it's just a nonsense this is not what america should be doing i mean it does appear to be what america should be doing from my opinion well, I mean, like that, that was a while ago that was a while ago um you know i don't stopped? know what we're doing now i don't know what we're doing now with this with this man in there you know right. i Someone tweeted something today about if Jared was a pinata and you hit him, what would fall out? <laughs> and I put, you know, like an arms, an arms dealer too. Right. And Ivanka you know, shoes. Figure, 
I did. So. I put that, Eric. I put Manolas. Avakas Manolas. But also, you know, probably our, you know, whatever highest level of intelligence that this that this schmuck can get his hands on um, for whoever he's in there to do whatever he's doing. I mean, how much and that's, money? That's frightening. That's frightening. Yeah. Well, he know? has a permanent security that, clearance. So, you know, oh, yeah, the imagine what he can get done. Clearance. God knows what he is allowed to put his hands on. But whatever it is, I don't feel like it's stable or secure. Right. Um, I turned on the so. Periscope feed. If people want to talk to us, they can actually uh, type on the uh, on the little oh. chat thing, and they can say, ask us questions, or we'll share oh. their smart thoughts on a Friday night. So <laughs> if you got to go to the Periscope uh, TV, they pick the wrong week to stop sniffing glue. Yeah. <laughs> when, when reality come, becomes stranger than your drug addiction, that's what tonight's so about. What? Eric, what did you think about Giuliani? It being revealed that Julie, uh, it, we it, just so the audience knows, we knew some of these things um, because we've been working hard on this story. But um, but some stuff was new that I didn't Stephen know he, tonight. He was, I didn't know that Giuliani himself. I'm frozen up here. Can we? Can oh, you hear me? You no, I'm back. Okay. We can hear you. We can I'm, hear I'm you. I'm paranoid now. Um, you know. I, we know a ton of stuff about Fruity G, but we did not know that Giuliani, in addition to, you know, being the lobbyist for Purdue Pharmaceuticals, so people would get hooked on opioids or, uh, you know, any of the other things he's done, that he was actually the corporate lawyer for Jeffrey Epstein's Ponzi scheme. And this is, you know, it makes me I, I just writing a little ranty uh, tweet here and there. We're talking about, well, you know, why were the only ones uh, getting this story? That's a whole city full of connected people. Nobody fucking knew that Rudy Giuliani, who's gotten how many hours of free television here? Nobody could look up any of this stuff. I understand you want to, you don't want to go off into maybe he prosecuted La Cosa Nostra a certain way to allow the rise of the Russians. Okay, that's going to be too too much but once you know this stuff about jeffrey epstein and people in new york know about jeffrey epstein if, even if they don't know everything at no point nobody goes hey rudy giuliani worked for epstein and and that never comes up until tonight well, i don't know if he worked directly for epstein he worked alongside epstein at towers financial um, he was the attorney for Towers Financial, yeah. and that was a Ponzi scheme, right? Clients. I mean, the attorneys. They were his client. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, it's different than, you know, uh, them having a close association. But it's still stunning to me, right, that the whole hit on the Cosa Nostra happened with no one really paying attention to it, like no one revealing it. And, of course, people in New York must have known. How could they not have known? Uh, well, I have this sense of New York. Um it's, I love that city so much. I've spent a lot of time there. I've never formally lived there. <laughs> there have been there have been couches when I was younger um, uh, to crash on. Uh, but there's something about New York, and, and it's interesting because I, I did do another podcast. I don't even know. Was that this week? I, I don't even know anymore. It was this week. It was a couple um, days ago. Right. Well, I'm talking to New Yorkers, and um, – and even the question of like the mob and wanting to know about the mob for me and still, still everyone has this concept 
of organized crime as this sort of cousin's tire business or the pizza shop and the and the okay yeah we do know their crime bosses are probably up to big stuff but they operate the way they do in a scorsese movie it's very brutal very bloody but it's internal they there is even a line that scorsese landed in one of his films which is so inappropriate and wrong about we only hit our own guys we only we only commit violence or commit these crimes against one another um and so there's something about New York where that narrative really works for New Yorkers. And they just sort of, it's just part of the life there of like, oh yeah, I know the guys and so-and-so is connected and he's with the blood. And you, you don't go too deep because it is your brother-in-law or your sister mm -hmm. married somebody or, you know, it's, and it's also simultaneously, so it's more, it's normalized, but what's being normalized is not actually the real framework of organized crime and the real agenda of organized crime and the real complications of it and the stakes, the stakes on people's lives. That's, you know, other than in a personal relationship with something might go wrong or you, you do business with people and you shouldn't have. And so of course they're going to bankrupt you or worse. It's bigger than that, everybody. It's different than that. That's, that's a myth. That's a, that's a movie. That's not really what it is. And so it's hard for New Yorkers to grasp that because they're swimming in a culture and a life that's been dramatized and that they are related to. And this is the issue with New York, with Donald Trump as well, is that, you know, any New Yorker like, well, we knew he was mobbed up and we knew this about, how could you not have known this about him? Well, somebody in Michigan is not going to know that. They're just not. Maybe they get the concept that a construction guy is, you know, probably had to deal with some mobsters, but they don't really know the way New Yorkers knew. That's why New Yorkers did not want him. And they rejected him on every level. They socially rejected him. They rejected him. He was a joke. He still is a joke. He has a friendship crew, an interesting, you know, Hoffenberg was, seems to have been part of that. And that's difficult for those men who lived in era with him in their glory days, in their era at a time in New York City. But there's this thing about New York where it's, you know, how could the world not know it because we're New York and we're the world and everything happens here. And, you know, it, it, it's, there's a mindset there that's, that's, underneath all this. I can't remember where we started because I'm having vodka. How much, but how much is, uh, how much is that is because so of that some would of to these... be even the Giuliani thing of like, we're not really going to think twice about it because whatever Giuliani, of course he's got towers as a claim. Well, how much of that is about, uh, what's happened in cinema, mainly with Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola to a lesser degree where everything's Italian and a lot of it's New York based. When, once you really get into organized crime, you're in, you're in Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, yeah. St. Louis, uh, yeah, and then Tampa, you're, and then you're international. New Orleans. Then you're international. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are the more. But we all well, think it's goombas, and you know, I'm half Italian, so I yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah. You know, but you know, gold chains. But then no one goes, "Oh, mobsters! Oh, yeah, those Mormon accountants." What? 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 You're not supposed to, you know, yeah, yeah, like big chunks of the Midwest, because that's where the money came from, the casinos, because they could only get so close. Nobody goes, right. oh, yeah, Kansas, Missouri, mob, absolutely. No, it's all New York. And is that because of those films, do you think? I do. I think I think that's a big part of it. Um, I think 
because that was the outward facing culture um, uh, that was real. So if, if you are in New York, you're reading the Village Voice or you're reading the Post, you're reading this stuff all the time and there's a mythology that came. Um, I think in terms of storytelling, you know, I didn't tell those stories. I didn't write a Scorsese script, but um, they're great stories to tell. They're characters that are super relatable. It's a way into a world that is enticing for people. You always want to find the way in. Um, these are the things that, that make great films. And those were two extraordinary filmmakers and storytellers, right, that you listed. So, um, but yeah, I do. I think it's popular culture it created a thing that people could relate to. Now that is beneficial too, because everyone feels like they understand what the mob is, but it's a period piece now in people's minds. It's the eighties, right? If it's Scorsese, it's the seventies and eighties. If it's Coppola, it's the forties. Um, it, it's, it's become a, an era that no longer exists. So they never saw the evolution of it. They didn't really understand the origins of it. Um, they don't understand the money because no one thinks it's sexy to do a story about the money um, when the whole thing is about money. You know, follow the dead bodies. There's a bank account under every fucking dead body. Um, so there's a way to do it and there's a way to tell it, uh, but it hasn't, it hasn't happened. New York's such an That's interesting sure. place because it's, you know, the, the rules are different because everyone's in a mafia there, you know? It's not maybe an official mafia, but you're part of the group that gets access to everything. You get to go to the parties, you get to hear all the secrets, you get to you get to know who's really powerful and who isn't. So when you, you know, I was liken it to the citadel, you know, the old Roman citadel, sort of this 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 very um, elitist group of people who know that their existence relies on their keeping each other's secrets, and right. and because of that, you know, when the place to get and it's a, the greatest city in the world yeah right? it is it's the best that, city without yeah. a doubt the best place uh, without a doubt um in my opinion it's certainly Sorry, was that montreal did we yeah montreal is also to real yeah and then new york <laughs> comes in a close second but montreal first for sure um but you know it's, it's such a special place because of that because you get all these titans of every single business of of every media fashion you name it it's all there sports and it collides in such force you know you've got so many powerful influential ambitious people trying to get to the very top and because of that it creates an energy that is unbelievable but it's also an energy that fosters a lot of cheating or you know of ruthlessness ruth yeah. ruthlessness yeah and and you feel that the minute you start working there you know any place you work in one of these networks you know you're you're going in there and fighting for your life for the for, for the second you walk into uh, into the network newsrooms it's never you know, it's never a soft mm. entry into any of those places. People are out to get you from the second you walk in, which is very different from uh, any place else I've worked. But fascinating and 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 interesting. But it certainly is not. The, the, the so media why is are those ruthless people? Why are those ruthless, ambitious people, Zev, mm -hmm. not touching these incredible stories? Because why? It's if you're so them, damn ambitious. Story. You know, the thing that keeps everyone together, the key, the things that keeps everyone in New York in place and no one is that no one squeals on anybody else. You don't tell the story of, you know, up until recently, you wouldn't, say, you wouldn't tell the story of Anderson I, Cooper being gay, even though everybody that. knew Anderson Cooper was gay. Um, you wouldn't tell um, Donald Trump was a mobster, even though everyone knew was Donald Trump was a mobster because he had dirt on you and vice versa. And it was just part of the rule. You don't get to go to those parties if you 
if you break the rule. There you, you go. Now we're into it. Yeah. Now we're thematically ah. there. You don't get to go to the parties. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to call this out for a, a huge part of what's going on for what it is, because it's the same thing that created Jeffrey Epstein. And he knew it, and Jelaine knew it. This is what spies know how to do, right? They understand, especially if you have a big intelligence agency behind you, that those folks understand what it takes to seduce, right? That was seduction, what they did. They had to create a, if, if you're being charged in some way, and whether it was their idea or whether uh, somebody came to them with the idea, what, what their scam was that they ran that brutalized all those girls and destroyed mm -hmm. lives, right? Um, that could not have been pulled off. You can't get ex-presidents, uh, politicians, business titans, right? You can't get these people coming in and, and, and mystified by you to the degree to where they're like, they're willing to walk into your home to a party and and put themselves in a compromising situation if this is what's really going on with jeffrey this is what really he was up to with all that money he pirated out of out of towers and everything else he had he created a myth mm -hmm. he knew he needed money for that he knew he needed a high a, a huge amount of money to be the next robert maxwell mythologically so that you, he could attract. So Ghislaine, they could go out and attract these people. And, and just a mansion in Palm, you know, Palm Beach isn't going to do it. Who cares, right? Mm. You got to have an island. You got to have a crown jewel in New York, a piece of real estate, right? You got to have, you got to know a prince. You got to make it so that the people who everyone else thinks, oh God, if I can only get to know that, that particular entertainer or whatever, mm. celebrity or that rich guy, Right. Those people, those celebrities and those rich guys, let me tell you, they're sycophants, too. And they can they're make or break your career, too. though. They, you know, they they, they can make, make or break, break your career, but they're also looking for, you know, uh, I've said this before about him. And I don't know. Let him sue me. You know, my physical experience of Mark Burnett and the very few times that I was in his presence mm -hmm. and watching that and the circle that I was in watching that he was so sycophantic it was like it was like he was panting panting for uh, f to be accepted right to be to get in to climb you know sure. and i just gumped my way into this but you watch these people's behavior and you're like jesus aren't you rich enough don't you have enough success well, no because your entire survival and it's, depends it's on you never following, enough towing the line and that's a big thing so so jeffrey and jelaine knew that and they created this is the inner sanctum of all inner sanctums of power, property, and prestige. Mm -hmm. This is it. They, and, they, and they orchestrated that. And to do that, you got to have a shit ton of money. You got to have a lot of money to, to, create, to, get, to get former heads of state to trust you enough to go on your plane somewhere and do, do your bidding. It's, this is what he did. And the assumption is that they'll keep your secrets, you know, that they will do all of this, <laughs> right. watch you commit these crimes and keep your secrets because, hey, you're your buddies and, you know, next time you won't get me fired or maybe I'll just get to keep my job into the contract next year. And so if you're asking why the story isn't getting really picked up, because in every newsroom, I, I probably there, there probably are informers or operatives for other countries that might be blocking stories. 
that might be, um, you know, at least doubting sources on stories or, or pushing it further down the priority list, making them not happen for whatever reason, or if they do happen, making sure that they air on the wrong nights of the week so they don't get the pickup. Um, you know, this is a very highly operational environment, uh, New York. So it's certainly, I mean, I don't know any of these people Well, what directly, do you think about it that, Eric? feels like it's possible. Oh, I think a whole lot. I want to talk about secrets and um, operatives on the ground in any theater of, you know, any, basically a battlefield, which is, these are nation state operatives. Um, first of all, secrets, uh, the, in DC, what I learned was the definition of a secret is something that only two people know, and one of them's dead. <laughs> Everything else is not a secret. Do not lie to yourself. And if you think you have a secret with one other person, then if you're an idiot if you don't think that other person's going to sell that at some point or could. It's mm -hmm. not to say that you can't trust anybody, mm -hmm. um, but understand that secrecy is is almost certainly uh, a myth in your head, especially if you use a device and you know how some of the signals intelligence agencies work, not even necessarily ours in the United States. Yeah. We can get in anything, but we have laws uh, that other countries don't even care about. But anyhow, just don't get hung up on secrets. Now, think about an operative who is working to, to, to learn secrets, to divulge them to the nation state they work for or the syndicate they work for or client or whatever, um, and understand, and, I, and I, I understand why people wouldn't get this natively um, if they don't know how these things work, that when you're trained as an operative, uh, to go into an environment and collect information that you can exfiltrate and give to an analyst but that becomes something that become goes to a decision maker there's an for real true professionals you are getting an enormous amount of highly researched expensive training to teach you about human behavior mm -hmm. about your own of, in a variety of ways, and there's different levels of this. If you get the Russian deep cover spies who were here that we popped in op ghost stories in 2010 and shipped back to Russia, they trained to be North American to the as deep as they could, where the Russian military would be, you know, having them sleep in the barracks, and they'd whisper to them in Russian at night. And if they didn't respond in English like an American, they mm -hmm. they'd be thrown out of the program. I mean, they're really, really trying to train brains to the point that no, no, you're American. And uh, then they'd infiltrate our our culture. So you know, for for decades, um, that that's the extreme. And then you get other people doing different different jobs down the line. But um, something Steve Hoffenberg was talking about was, oh no, Epstein trained for years mm -hmm. with Robert Maxwell yeah. to take over I the mean, espionage business. That's yeah. how long it takes mm -hmm. to to make a really great operative is years of studying how humans behave, um, go, getting to go into a, a subculture and learn the social dynamics, and you're learning to manipulate and, uh, and you know, move things the way you, position things the way you want. Um, and just, and, and none of that is, is you know, sincere. Uh, you know, all of that is weaponized. And this, these, you know, these are, right. these are acts of war. This is not normal behavior. This is not, you know, a, you know, a coffee clutch where, you know, I think Marsh is kind of pushy, and you know, I, I think she kind of engineers some uh, conflict. No, no, this is an, a very specific skill set 
that is deployed by militaries to create change or to damage a, a, an adversary from within. That's who Jeffrey Epstein was. That's who Ghislaine Maxwell is. That's who these people are are when you are talking about you know i i go through the fair database and i talk about foreign agents it's not a game it's not they're not a you know a, uh you know in the tourism division of right. that other country they are doing the bidding of some other country that is not here because you can come to america as a foreigner no problem come be a tourist hang out be a diplomat dude you know start a business here that this is a country of immigrants we put you in the Farrah database it's because you are here to hurt us from within you're here to manipulate us to get us to do something that we wouldn't otherwise do and that is at the heart of this epstein story and that that ties to the current president of the united states and you know all these other players it's going to take people a while to figure out what that really means. 100%. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so get on it. I, I mean, I don't know what to, like, what do I got to do? What? <laughs> you were doing the media. This is on Friday nights left. now. So. <laughs> this is what I got to do now. I got to now you know, have a stupid picture of me up on, a, you know, and, and yell into a microphone <laughs> saying, Get your shit together. Get on this story. It's not going to happen from the inside. It's not going to happen from the inside. It's exhausting. I can't. People have no idea how much, how much just time and energy has gone into finding these details. Why? And putting the story together and knowing who to go reach out to and who to talk to and how do you get out and then valuing what they have to say and then also vetting what they have to say and, and making sure, you know, you know, you're talking to somebody who's got his skin in the game. So, and stakes are, are there in ways probably we can't even see um, for some of the folks that, that we've had to go and talk to and meet with and, and try to get pieces of the story from. But they have pieces of the story. So go get it. They're so not going to get on the air there. It's not going to happen. And I think this is an opportunity. Uh. I think it's an opportunity for people like us who are in, you know, starting to use new broadcasting tools and 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 platforms to get things out and the uh, truth of it is you're I never going to disrupt a system I, from the inside you're going to disrupt it from the outside and sooner or later the folks inside those news networks are going to say you know those guys on the on that twitter show are getting bigger <laughs> numbers than my friday night broadcast and uh and why is that and because we're actually doing the work that they should be doing um without without you know we do have uh, there are people who are i mean i, I do want to give a couple shouts out uh, oh, yeah. now i think that's important um it, there's uh an account lulu lemieux who and i just found it recently this extensive um detailed uh, uh timeline that she or what, what am i trying to say thread oh my god the vodka it's kicking in everybody it's kicking in warning so warning salty salty's coming out so she, she did this incredible and i'm just so sorry i missed it this incredible thread on on the evidence that was getting re-released because of foia requests that the courts were fulfilling and had fulfilled in the past around things like that court testimony that that deposition of the bookkeeper, um, you know, it just hundreds and the hundreds of pages. The bookkeeper of 
the bookkeeper of the modeling agent of Jean-Luc Brunel, who mm. uh, I think ah, I've seen his time, right? A, that was a really good thread. And, right. And, and, uh, and what she had to say, but also other stuff that was in all of those files that are available that you can that takes people a tremendous amount of time, me included, you guys included. Mm -hmm. We've been in databases, we've gone through court records, we're just pulling apart the information that's out there and trying to shed light on on some facts and some relevant stuff. And the more we learn, the more the stories evolves, the more we can see how something might be really important. And so there are there are people who are doing this research like us for nothing. Zero. Why? Because we're so disturbed about what is going on that we wake up every single morning and try to contribute and try to make sense of this. Um, and so that that's going in the record too. And we would not feel the, I know for myself, I would not feel the need to do that. And I'm not saying there isn't great journalism happening, but I would not feel the need to do that if I wasn't clicking on the cable news and listening to journalism as sport and with the same opinions over and over and over and over again and nobody going one layer deeper. Um, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And they're going to be embarrassed by this because this is their guy from their town. All these guys are their guys. They're all from their town. They've all known each other for years. And half of the shit that we're finding that's really helpful is investigative journalism in their own damn archives. Right. So you can't even go into your own archives. Yeah, and, and, and put the story Google, together. Google search. The so internet I don't have a research team. It's amazing. Yeah, so but we are lucky because we have. That's these my great, rant. That's my that's, that's my rant. Friday rant. It's really great to have a, a crowdsourced effort, though, and we're very lucky, you know, in our yes, we're very lucky for Accounts by Lulu. There's so many people that have just done such great work and focused on certain areas that you can't get news organizations to devote resources to spending you time can. on the, you know, on the, the office worker at the um, wherever she was. You can't. And, and let me give can't. two more. Let me give another shout out. You have Agent Hades, which is mm -hmm. another account that has done uh, went oh, yeah, to every single. Every single contact yeah. in Jeffrey's little black book that yeah. Gawker uh, published and tried to get, try to put some context around who these names were. Um, and mm -hmm. then there's Soy Chica who ends up being an account people, you know, it's interesting, it's an interesting account, um, but who's been really, really zeroing into on where, uh, on the girls and what happened with them and what's going on with them. So there are people who are rising to the challenge, doing it in their own way, um, and trying to keep putting the information out there and, you know, pay attention to them, journalists. Well, you know, the journalists- Look, just read. They you are know? paying attention. I mean, they're doing I, it. I can tell you for um, sure that they read all these feeds, they watch narrative, they read all our stories, they absolutely <laughs> watch these things. They have a lot of issues and they can't get these things on the air. I will. Guarantee you that that's yes, a big part I, of the story. Yes, I think there's a lot of that too. There are a lot of great ones out there, and yeah. they. So then, so then that takes it to the next. Let me just finish this. Yeah. This is my rant, and I'm going to finish it. You're going so to finish then that, it. Absolutely, I'm going to. <laughs> that takes us to the next thought, right? Of then, I would love for those blue checks. If somebody got, why are you dismissing Hoffenberg? For example, mm -hmm. not all of them are, but some of some big ones are. Like, don't listen to him. Blah blah blah. He's a fraud. He was there. That's your witness. 
Yeah. What did they teach you in journalism school? Why are you allowing some voice in your ear, if that's what it is, or your own doubts to steer you away from basic journalism of make going, listening, vet, vetting it, check, double checking it if you have to. But why would you not go and speak to a firsthand witness? That's top of the list. That's a primary source. What are you doing? And if it's because somebody is whispering here, oh, you can't trust that person, don't do that. And you turn away from the money side of Jeffrey Epstein because you've got somebody whispering in your ear that something's unreliable, then I think you need to turn around and start investigating that person. Or reconsider Why your profession. is that person telling you yeah. not to go and talk to a primary source and vet what this guy has to say? Normally I run to what a primary that source that someone tells me that I shouldn't listen to. Because those primary sources that people tell you not to listen to, there's a reason people say that about them. I mean, in this case, there are not many people alive today who could tell you what happened in 1986 with Jeffrey Epstein. Wait, are you looking? Are you looking for Mother Teresa? Yeah, are you looking for a librarian? Who do you think was around Jeffrey Epstein? You got to get a criminal. <laughs> you got to get a criminal. Who, who, who do you think really, yes. was there? Exactly. Right. Yeah. A, a, a school teacher? What the? We heck? were talking about this early. You're there's like there's only three people. categories here. You got the mobsters in the in the sewer. You got okay the intel community, but they don't want to come down from heaven, Deus ex machina, with They're all. They're not their, talking. Their right. And there's reasons for that. So what do you got? You're stuck with you're stuck with the people that were near them, and and maybe you know didn't want to stay in the mob forever, or did some prison time, or or just just uh, think it's an important story. It's a it's a travesty that this we're in this situation. But and, and Hoffenberg has really proven his his worth. I mean, everything he says has been documented in court records, approved by judges and prosecutors and magistrates. You know, everybody knows he's telling us a fact that he's telling us a factual story. And so when they come around and they say, "Well, why believe him?" because he said that he still thinks he owns the post. Well, no, he's never actually said that. And if anyone looked at the, at what he ever said, they'd realize, well. Yes, he owns a trademark for the post, and that's what he's talking about. But that's actually legit. He probably does own some trademark from the post from way back when. He doesn't think he owns the post. He doesn't act like he owns the post. Uh, and he's a very... Um... Well, how, and how about this? Just vet the information yes, and get yeah. clarity. Yes. Why are, you, why are you talking yourself out of mm -hmm. sitting down and going through information and doing an investigative story with a primary source. Why are you talking yourself out of that? And are who, you doing who, it to yourself or is somebody telling you not to listen to this person? Who is killing the story? Because that person who's is killing, killing the story, maybe not so trustworthy in terms of actual news values, maybe, maybe operational in your newsroom, and maybe you should be asking these questions inside. You know, I, if, if, if there are journalists watching this story, try pitch it on Monday morning and see how many of you can get it on the air next week, because it's a very legitimate story. Obviously. Well, we went through this a year ago. Yeah. Yes, you will not get it on yeah. the air, but go ahead and try and um, and maybe, look around at all the people now. who tried. Maybe to kill now. Maybe now. But they didn't them. mind being wrong. But they didn't mind having Giuliani on. They didn't mind oh, yeah. having every sh yeah. every fuckaloo on uh, to you know to get, <laughs> to give them five or ten minutes of a billion dollar network's time. But they're like, wait a minute, this 
this story might not be completely reliable. You had Rudy Giuliani on multiple. You have fucking Carter Page on. on payroll, and you're worried time. something might be eight percent off. Really? Yeah. That's your azimuth. That's your okay. These guys get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to contribute to their stories when they go on um, when they go on the major networks. Hoffenberg's not getting a cent for coming here and telling us whatever he's telling us. So um, you know he's not incentivized to to come here and lie. He's no. actually incentivized to tell us the truth. On their networks, you can, are incentivized to to lie because you get those big checks, and the bigger your story, you know, the more fabulous your story is, the more uh, the more the bigger the check is going to be at the end of the day. So there are a lot of problems inside the, the news institutions of America, and it's how we got to where we are today is fundamental to the problems we were having with the, with the fourth estate. I mean, we just have a nightmare there with, where commercialization, corporatization has drowned out any real journalism. That, that distant dream of what Walter Cronkite was doing at CBS way back when, that's gone. That doesn't happen anymore. People have to watch so carefully what they say, what they report, what the legal department's going to do, what, you know, what, the, what, what whoever the management is is going to do, you know, that you land up having to self-censor yourself so much that by the time you actually get something on the air, you're lucky that it resembles anything uh, to, to news because it barely is. It barely does. It's a very deep systemic problem that American democracy has, and it's probably the most fundamental one we have. Well, here's here's a change. Here's an idea. God, so which, since we're just having this conversation mm -hmm. and it's live, and God, <laughs> and it'll live forever on the internet. Why don't I just do this to myself? Um, but here's an idea. So, in the Manafort indictment, mm -hmm. Bob Mueller and his team, a special counsel, detail in there how in Ukraine, Paul Manafort and Rick Gates worked their ass off to get some articles that were favorable to what the, the, the shit they were trying to run there, where a lot of people died, by the way. Right. That's a blood a river of blood underneath Paul Manafort's feet in Ukraine. Yeah. That, that, in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Because of them, directly. Right. So here's in the indictment, because this is the stuff he was indicted over, right? This is what he went to jail over. In there, very clearly, is this incredible push and agenda to get their story, their version, their spin into the New York Times. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of emails back and forth about all of this. So, I mean, here's kind and we know that these fuckers were unregistered foreign agents, right? right? They were working for Putin's guy to run propaganda. If you want to talk, like everyone could talk about the propaganda, and, and but what, who do you need? What do you need? What do you need to attack us with information? What do you need to, to, to fuck up our discourse, which testimony after testimony in front of Congress, the Senate, you know, all the intel committees sitting there from, from before, you know, while we were still in 2016 before the election, mm. sitting there going, Oh yeah, they're in there trying to fuck up our. They're they're in there doing an information operation. Well, who do you need for that? You need media. Right. You need media. You need Facebook for sure, right? You need that stuff, but you need you need media to participate in this to carry your stories. And I don't think anybody thinks Vladimir Putin is stupid enough, and other nation states are stupid enough to not realize. Okay, maybe we also need our own journalists in there. And I'm not trying to really burn shit down now. I'm really not trying to go conspiratorial. I'm just trying to say this is the world. But here we have an indictment. 
You know, you, it's one of those, you can't have it both ways. You can't think that Putin is Mr. KGB master, mm -hmm. right, a, 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 on one hand, and then say, but it never fucking occurred to him. And it doesn't occur to his guys to try to get their shit running in the New York Times. The whole I mean, my God. media scene is there in 85 years ago. This is Thank not you. They, it, This is not new stuff. But who knows about that for this thing? We just know that they got a story. They got their, they got their shit going in there. That's how they're using you. So here's my idea. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why, you know, that publication and all broadcasts, they make money off of these stories, off this content. They make money off of content. They monetize content. If you're making money off the propaganda from a hostile foreign state and you're not registered or you're not you're not making sure the person whose content you're picking up is registered, how are you not responsible for that? Well, you know, just label it. Label the shit. Label it. Mm -hmm. This is coming from a foreign operative. Yeah, but it's so complicated Putin. because you've got. I don't think that's complicated. I think they. I don't uh, think it's complicated. That part isn't that say... RT and saying RT is a foreign agent's fine. But if you're going to try to figure out yeah. who's influencing an actual news story based on who's. Well, then don't is in, run that. Is, in, then don't is, run that story. Sometimes the weirdest sources will get a story on the air. You know, did, then, um, then, the, then the you're responsible for it because you, you know, made money off of media it. Media company or movie company, are they shooting something for NBC that uh, they really want that that to happen this month? And and if, if there's any disturbing content there, maybe Just they could register. be pushing the story. But they never has got then to register. Uh, NBC's not register as a foreign agent. NBC go up, go get on, get on the record. If you don't, if they don't feel like they can, I, I don't know. I just think that there's some way that like. I do think we're going to have our post Watergate moment in this era where all of a sudden all kinds of new shit is going to come down. And like, you got to do things a, a very specific way now because, you know, we've been being attacked. We've been being attacked. Propaganda is a weapon of war as well. Nice. And, and it's being used on us. And you can't just say, okay, that's fine. Go ahead and use us this way. And uh, while simultaneously saying, well, no, the people who do that, we we do right now presently require for them to, to register FARA. Okay, well, then why are the people who are profiting off of that not under that same yeah, that's level true. of regulation? That's true. You know, I really miss the, the, the fairness doctrine because I know people said it was really hard oh, to, my God, to manage. But on the that. other hand, it was the fairness doctrine. So you would be <laughs> considerate of other opinions in, in your coverage where... Now we're in silos that don't even like we live on different planets. If you're watching MSNBC or Fox News on any given night, um, at least in those days, there was an attempt to at least bring your arms around um, another point of view. Now it's a bit forced and a bit manufactured. But, you know, I grew up in, a, in, a, in, the, in that journalism world where you had to think about things that way. And I still do it today because you have to. You have to think about what the other side's thinking. And, I, you know, yeah. if more people did that. Uh, we may have might have a, a slightly different view of how things are go of, of what's going on in the world and a little more balanced because right now people are just making shit up. I mean, Fox News blatantly making shit up every night. That's just a narrative that you just don't don't recognize. It doesn't even doesn't even fit into reality. It's just made up news. Now yep. I'm ranting. Sorry. <laughs> it's a problem. Oh, that's okay. It's a rant. <laughs> <laughs> Premium content. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, it is frustrating to me as a journalist because you, you know I do think that that's our job is to stop these this, these things from happening, um, yeah. at least to shine a light on them. 
and the, you know watching all these journalists just not be able to do that because of the system we really need to go back right. and take I a think look at what a, we are doing here as journalists and what are, they, what is the system doing yeah. i think that's so important because honestly you know and there are journalists not just you but other journalists that that i talk to and and, and we all know oh my god they're like working their ass off it's not the individuals mm. it's no. the system it's the yeah. system i don't think corporations should be allowed to own newsrooms if they can't be responsible owners of them i mean at the end of the day they screwed up these newsrooms they no longer operate like independent uh news operations yeah. and if they can't do it they can't do it they shouldn't own it they should give up that ownership and give that up to either a public um, ownership, which I think is a great system. Like, a, there's no reason why the public can't have a, its own network, or the people can't have their own network. That would be a great thing in America. Um, and and it would be a great thing, and and it would be great just for Americans to realize to really wake up to it, and not in the way that you know you have, you know, dark forces trying to. <laughs> I mean, here we are doing what we're trying to do, and there is a a dark mirror image. Um, of all that as well, of, of just the what I call the fuckaloos, right? Mm -hmm. Which are the the information terrorists out mm -hmm. there doing their podcasts and doing their stuff to try to, to you know, and it, QAnon would be the, the, the like be the I don't know the fuck the dragon of the fuckaloos, right? Like the <laughs> mutation. Gates is a Gates is a hit yeah. podcast. Got to check out. Can't oh wait. my god! <laughs> all right, so that's all going on. Um, but there's. There's something to saying that, like you, then you you really shouldn't own a newsroom. Like we really we need some barriers or something in there. And, and then if you look at well, what was Robert Maxwell so invested in building? What was so important to him? What was his business? His business was publishing. His publishing. business was news. It was, it was it was all about here's this major fucketeer spy, right? who spawned all this other stuff, who was at the heart of all the worst, you know, just the worst stuff going on um, in intelligence that could possibly be, and the intersection with organized crime, partnered with Mogilevich, all this shit this guy was up to, right? God knows who for whom. I mean, we have ideas of two two places that he worked for, but there's probably more. Oh, yeah. Um, all for none and none for all, yeah. right? In nine so, entities. All these different identities, right? And what was his thing? Publishing the media. That's where it all so begins. I think also Americans gotta wake up to that of um, you know, so that we can start putting some things in place once we get to the other side of this, because we're living through a really dark chapter of propaganda right now. Oh yeah. Uh, homegrown. It's not even coming from anywhere else oh, anymore. Murdoch it doesn't is need not to American, be American, as far as I know. I mean, he's I don't not American. Why but he gets to I, do that. Donald Donald's doing all his own shit now. Mm. He knows how to do it. He's got Stephen Miller in there, right? They mm. they're in there. They know what they're doing. Um, doing really really dark messaging and dark message coordination, and it turns into kinetic shit, right? And people get hurt and. That's the whole point of it. And then let's, you know, have a MAGA rally with in the middle of a pandemic. And like that's, the that, that's, that's the Manafort yeah. line that they crossed in, in Ukraine, which, yes. you know, who, and who that's do we right. find out with? Yeah, it's, it's get it to go kinetic. kinetic. And, and you only need five or six guys, you know, with long guns and good scopes and some training 
to turn something into a national tragedy. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, um, this is this is getting dark. No, we don't want to get dark. I want to, I want to give you something fun to look at. Give me one second while I try and I, do this. May I go with something light? Yeah, uh, of course. DC Circuit Court today. Just all those poor bastards trying to argue about why Barr should have the writ of no. Mike Flynn doesn't have to go to prison. He can un. He can un uh, convict himself. No, I just it, that it was, it's just the most pathetic, hilarious shit show of all these people trying to make these uh, arguments in court, just getting fucking buried by the Watergate prosecutors, thirty federal judges, um, Jerry Nadler's committee, the judiciary. Just it was just a it, it was really just a bloodbath for idiots today. I loved it. Uh, so they really are complete idiots to be trying to do this. I mean, it's shocking, but they they are going to keep uh, trying. Now you know we mentioned uh, Julian Leese. We mentioned yeah. Julian Lees and Nicholas Lees. So this here is a photograph of something called the uh, Bellington or something, Bellington Club in um, in Oxford, I think. Very nicely dressed Ew. guys, but they actually are very rowdy. Their whole thing is to run around and create chaos on campus. Ew. Um, what year is that? That feels like, that, that feels like a British Brett Kavanaugh group yeah. there. And uh, in the front row, third from the right, so... Uh, that is, well, I don't know how to describe him, but it uh, looks like longer hair, I guess, blonde hair. Third from the right of the, in the front row is Nicholas Lees. And sitting next to him, to his left, I guess, the second from the right, is, take a guess. I don't know. Boris Johnson? Boris Johnson. Good <gasps> job. Jojo! Yeah, so that's where they, uh, that's how close the leases are to the, uh, the inside power of uh, well, they're in of the power. The yeah, it's an interesting picture. Doesn't like a crazy bunch of people. <laughs> well, this this goes back to you know I want to talk about the parties a little bit more. Right. Uh, you know the whole I want to go to a party and I want people to keep my secrets, but they're secrets, but they're not really secrets. And mm -hmm. and and you know this has been going on for decades, like this. At some point, you only trust. You become like the mob. You only trust your family members or people that are co-conspirators, and that selects out for meritocracy. And then you have idiot McSon-in-law Jared Kushner in there in charge of the Department of Everything. And it just becomes a shit show. And we started, you know, we pay so much attention to the scandals, the sort of light scandals, the scandals that we shouldn't be paying attention to, that they overshadow all the real scandals that we, we should be paying attention to. And frankly, you know, I, I always approach the world these days that you don't really have any privacy. It's there, it doesn't exist. If people want to get access to your phones, your data, whatever, they can get access in a heartbeat. Oh, please. No problem. And, and you wouldn't even G. notice it. Yeah, you wouldn't even notice it. So <laughs> don't even bother. I mean, it's like, for me, it's like, it's you gotta just own yourself, you know. You gotta own your life and just go. Yeah, yeah. Live your life. You can't, live your life the yeah. way. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. The hiding in the yeah. in the shadows and trying to keep your secrets from being out is what you get. Is how you get Donald Trump. Is how you get Jeffrey Epstein because they've been trying to shield these secrets. We can see the secrets. They're everywhere. It's obvious what the secrets are. So don't try hide them anymore. Well, what was my line? It's like you know. Uh, yeah, well, then don't don't come at us with your pants down. Yeah, right? with, your, with like, your dick out. Yeah. If you dick out, we're going to notice. Uh, yeah. right. That's out. actually what I said. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. No, don't come at me because you know what? I've got a ruler. <laughs> I will pull out my ruler. Stop coming at me with your dick out. All these fucketeers. Oh. Don't play that. I can't see what I'm seeing. That I can't. You know, don't tell us we're not seeing what we're 
freaking seeing. And especially no, we can do research. Yeah, we've got a we're ruler. Gonna, I'm going to dig it up. She's got her ruler. She can measure these things. I got my ruler. I'm going to find your bank account and let's see how big it is. And who else is connected to it? Right? And oh, I'm yeah. oh, can I get, I'm going to get some blessings. Sometimes I can <laughs> you get some blessings. You did it already. Don't even try any harder. Sometimes I can do it. You've played uh, yeah, yeah. well, you got a long way to go you you get to hide. I, I know. I mean, this is stupid. I'm not trying to hide. Like, like, give me, give me a little, give me a minute, and then that'll, it'll be the greatest letdown of all, of all letdowns. Oh no, we're gonna, we're gonna do a huge coming out That's show the second said. you do that. <laughs> no, no, it's gonna be, it's gonna be so stupid. Um, okay, so I want to talk about the dicks that's out. That's it. For but just yeah, one more second, I'll never ever, out. ever again. More dicks. Your dicks yes. are but out. If you have a system where your inner circle is not by 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 merit, but by the few hundreds of people, maybe a small number of thousands who all know, oh, this guy likes to have sex with a couch and this guy uh, likes you to cover him in spam. <laughs> or, or, and, and that's the whole thing, right? You know, and it's like, oh, well, we all know that. And that's why I get invited to the parties. Yeah. And that's why I'm part of the Sanctum Sanctorum. It's like, because I get to know those secrets. Because secrets. I know those secrets. Ooh, spam. Ooh, goats, whatever. Yeah. It, but okay, if, if in DC a, a secret is two people and one's dead what's a thousand yeah when you have the nso group can sell the saudis the access to your iphone or whatever this whole notion of uh like a secretocracy of like he knows i like to have sex covered in spam i mean it's not working out i'm not here to judge your spam you want to do spam I, i'm here, not here to kink shame but you probably can't be in control of all the nuclear missiles people that's don't all really care people don't really care though no one cares you sleep with i don't know I, it's like they care, uh, but if they're going to let you for office, they don't really care. I mean, at the end of the day, they care about what kind of job you're going to do. We if care if you've need... done a crime. Yes, of yeah, course. You, we care if you've done a crime. Yeah, you're going to go to jail. Yeah. So don't be in this game. Right. Go somewhere else. But this whole idea Because your that dick is out. This, this... At this point, it's out. But who's creating the scandal it's culture? It's out. We the, see it. The same people creating the scandal culture are the same people ah. that are protecting the system. And so yeah. that's why they created the scandal culture. That's why they have the tabloids. That's why they have all these shame rags like the well, that, that's Inquirer. now you're now you're now and we're doing drunk mob history. Yeah. Now we're now we're getting into drunk mob history. Yeah. Whose money started the uh, the National Enquirer? Isn't it just some grocery store thing? Yeah, uh, no, apparently it's uh, funded by uh, isn't it funded I think it was Costello. It was the Red Cross? Oh, is it really? Who's it? Because I know yeah, now it's funded baby. by the Saudis, right? Now, the Saudis come in. No, it, you know, it started they with a loan. It started with a with a, a loan from a mob boss. Okay. Well, and, let me tell you about loans from mob bosses, right? In that era. <laughs> Not a good idea. Guess what? Let me help you. Let me help anybody out. Guess what? It's not a loan. Guess what? It's, it's not, not a loan. There are lots it of was strings. Your purchase price. It's not. You'll never pay the loan off. It doesn't. It's not a loan. Uh, secret, secrets. It's a secret. Tonight. There's a secret. I told you a secret. You did. A good one. Don't take a loan from a mob boss. You'll wreck the system now. You really will. <laughs> you know, this is this is rocket science here. Well, you know, it seems to be how we've built America. Uh, it's, it's astonishing, and hopefully we'll uh, save it someday soon. I feel like the, I mean, I was saying this earlier on to you guys. I feel like it's its kind of sad watching the whole thing de deteriorate into such a mess. I'm talking about the presidency, but it is, does seem like it's coming to, to some sort of finality to me. It can't possibly continue. 
I mean, maybe, but he doesn't look like he can. That's my personal. At the, here's what. Yeah, I'm raveling at a the, rate that's incredible. I do think, and I have this thing that I say on Twitter. I'm like, he was installed to destroy us, and mm. know that I'm not saying that. Uh, everything was rigged, and blah, blah, blah. that's not what I'm saying. I'm mm. saying there's a reason this man run ran for president, mm -hmm. even if he wasn't intending to win. There's a there was a reason. It was a disruptive violent act from a hostile adversary mm -hmm. to just even run him. Mm -hmm. And did he get voted in by Amer enough Americans? Yeah, because they know us that well. They knew us, they know us well enough to fuck up, to fuck with us and get into our cracks and, and agitate them and have their orange avatar, uh, you know, come down, and the first thing he does when he comes down, his ele elevator of shit, right? Mm -hmm. Built up, built up mob concrete. <laughs> like it's just, it's to spew out some racist bile. Right. You know, I heard that, and I was one of the few people, and the folks around around me was kind of testified. I'm like, oh, oh fuck, he's gonna win. And people thought I was nuts for that, but I knew what he was doing. I knew what he was surfacing. And I knew how much of it was under the surface. And and we all, if we were all present to that as a threat, everybody would have been in that same camp as me. It wasn't I was some seeing something that other people couldn't see. They just weren't present mm -hmm. to thinking of it that way. Mm -hmm. So of course he got in there and of course he's got hostile shit behind him. And of course he's still under the control of other, I'm sorry, he's owned by other people. Now they may not be, exacting something specific out of him right now anymore, but they're getting what they want. They're watching this man turn us into their narrative of who we always have been. You know, you get to be Putin, you get to sit back and sort of say, see, I told you America was like, look at, look at this, look mm -hmm. at America, because he surfaced all this stuff and he keeps surfing it and he keeps inflaming it. And that's also who he is anyway. He's a, he's one of those people who, if they were in your family, they're just a wrecking ball. Mm -hmm. They're a wrecking ball with their addiction, with their with their behavior, with their with everything that they do. They just destroy. They destroy relationships. They destroy themselves. They burn through money. They fuck everything up because they're so out of control. So he is all of those things, and he's doing that to us. But here's where our enemies, as much as Eric, they may have had somebody you know, let's get you in there and we'll wake you up in the middle of the night. And if you don't speak, you don't speak to us in American accent and tell us American history, then you're out of the program. As mm -hmm. much as they believe they understand us, they don't know who and what we are. Look at our streets. Yeah. Look at our streets. They don't get us. They don't get us. They don't get us any more than we kind of understand them because we didn't, we couldn't see them coming. We don't know that they've been, oh, these fuckers, this cold war was never over. It never stopped, right? They, they, and that's why they fucking laugh at us. That's why they're in the Oval Office yucking it up, right? At, at the stupid fucking Americans. And then here's Henry Kissinger in a chair. Uh, pop, you know, it's a weird not, thing. They have not won. They ha can't they stop laughing won. at us, be but, but they Correct. don't understand us. They don't understand us. They don't understand that we will not tolerate this. So do whatever, do your worst. Mm -hmm. Do whatever you think you're going to do to get America to subvert itself. We don't 
play that. At the end of the day, I truly believe this. We do not play that game. They have not, they don't get us. They don't get us on this core level because they're nihilist and we're not. We have something we're we value at the end of the day. We fight for, we have something worth fighting for. We value human life. We value, we value one another. We value our nation. We, we, you know, say what you ever, you know, all that horrible shit that the Kremlin has been putting out about our military, all that propaganda they have about us. Guess what? They're not standing for this. No. They're not going to take it for this guy. Mm-mm. This is a fucking Turkey. It's not Turkey, it's not Hungary, and clearly it worked in those countries, but it's not going to work here. I mean, it's too not many gonna people work like here. you guys and the thousands of other people on Twitter every night for the last three years, you know, burning the midnight oil, researching the very details. That, Making that, massive sacrifice yeah. to our life, right? Because Look at it all matters. the people it matter. on the street, sacrificing themselves mm-hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. Fuck the pandemic. There's mm-hmm. something bigger going on here, and we're going to take a stand for it. That's America. Yeah. That's America. I wish every protester was waving an American flag. You know, we need to we need to take that mm-hmm. back. That's who we are. That's why in Hong Kong they were waving the American flag because they get it. Those protesters they aspire what for what we have because it's that it's to be cherished. It's that it's that important. It is. It's that sacred. It really is that sacred. I think so. I think that it's the only country in the world that's had this. And it's the only, you know, I grew up in a police state. I get it. I understand what growing up in a, in a yeah. state that's controlled by the police and how limiting that is in every way you you can imagine. So if there's one and thing we worth could fighting never for, have it's had it. It's worth fighting for. And we would not have had any of it if it wasn't for the people of this nation who came from everywhere else. Exactly. (laughs) So it's also, it's it's a great experiment. It's a great global experiment. It really is. We just gotta keep working. We're not gonna let it die. We got no time for that. No. Besides, we gotta do Friday night drinks. I gotta go to the bathroom now. I I gotta go too. I I love you guys, but I spent way too much time with you today. Yeah, goodbye. I'm tired. All right, I'm done. Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. And check out our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe and download.